brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, hello, it's sippin' time, and thank you for joining this episode of Suds and Smokes, where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show, but thanks to COVID restrictions, it now takes 26 and a half hours to get a show done because we all have to stand 500 feet apart from each other. While scrubbing ourselves down with battery acid and chlorine, so <laughs> with a wire brush, so God help us all. So this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Brent. It's a pleasure to be here. How far do we self isolate our meat? I've self isolated him in a closet with a lock <laughs> on the outside. Bama, yeah, Bama. Alabama. We're definitely sending to <laughs> Alabama. I'm not sure if that's far enough, but. You know, it's a start. Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a it's a drop in the bucket, but it's a it's a drop in the right direction. So, <laughs> and made man Maury. Good morning, Bob. Excited to be here. I'm back in the basement. It's been far too long, thanks to COVID nineteen. Well, COVID doesn't like it where it's damp and dark. I think it likes it when it's outside a little bit better. So, but it's nice and damp here in the basement. So. Of course, we are in Florida. The basement's always damp in Florida. So, and good old boy Justin. Good morning, Bob. Did you get the coffin for the nails for uh, harm? If he comes nah, back, no. Nah, I just, I'm just, I'm just not going to tell him we're here. Hmm. It's yeah. I'm going to tell him it's because we, you know, we want to socially distance. It's just, I just, <laughs> you know, just don't want him here because he's annoying. So, all right. <laughs> uh, well. Brent Moore and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. Uh, the Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals with representation in eight states and two countries. Our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. You can check them out on the Facebook at the Bourbon Mafia. Our show is also sponsored in part by the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. Find more. It's been a while since we've done a show. Can't talk. To find out more about the society and all of their events, you can check them out at ftlws.com. And our events are pretty low right now, thanks to all of this. Yeah. Very, um, very, very few events. We are the king yeah. of the Zoom tasting, though. So yes. like yeah. everyone else. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember, you know, that's how old I am. I remember Zoom was a bunch of kids on channel two wearing stripy shirts right. you know now apparently it's knuckleheads sitting in you know in their underwear in front of their computer somewhere um our show is also sponsored in part by fine spirits in cooper city florida home of the enigmatic machines that still don't work i'm sure because he's lazy uh serving great wines and whiskeys <laughs> and other spirits by the glass you can find them at www.finespirits.net yeah but i'm rigging one up to substitute as a ventilator i think you could probably do that yeah you know? 
It'd be like 30, 40 proof just yeah, from the lines. Exactly. We just need, I need about a 40 foot of clear tubing and, uh, and some rubber bands and I can make that thing work. Yep. I'm a redneck. We can make anything out of that and some duct tape. So, well, our sub segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea and coffee. And today's show is all about whiskey. And we're going to be talking about some very interesting ones here. Um, we're going to be talking about some from the, uh, from Lexco from Blood Oath. Uh, we've got the whole, almost the whole series here. We're missing number one, but we are going to be talking about Blood Oath Pack number two, Blood Oath Pack number three, Blood Oath Pack number four, Blood Oath Pack number five, and Blood Oath Pack number six. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the Rebel Yell Single Barrel 10-Year-Old Bourbon and the Heaven's Door Bootleg. So we're going to have Justin tell us about our uh, signature sounds and our sips ratings. Well, thank you, Bob. Well, we hear from Transylvania. Sounds like a really bad French waiter, but okay, I'll go with it. <laughs> One sip. Give me a glass to wash out my mouth. That is the worst vampire I've ever heard <laughs> thank in my you, life. Thank you, Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, it's, it's a bad French waiter. Come on. Think Count Chocula. Think, um, um, oh, 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 the Count from Sesame Street. Two sips. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Nice, but what else do you have? There you go. What Plus, it's perfect for him because we're counting, counting. right? Counting. <laughs> so, three sips. Three sips. Hmm, interesting. What was this again? Ah, 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 ah. Interesting. Four sips. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. Went downhill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going back to bad French waiter. Just went from bad to worse. Going back to bad French waiter. Okay, mm. come on. Five sips. Oh, my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Thank you, Peppy. Oh, my God. It's just sad. It's just so sad. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 You ever see the movie Ed Wood? You know, the, you know I mean, fabulous. Fabulous. Martin Landau did. Yes. You know, I, I mean. Come on, man. <laughs> Martin Lando's not with us, and Boa goes is with, with us, and both of them are spinning in their graves over that vampire. And this is what you have left, yeah. Dear God, help us all. <sighs> you know, I don't know what's happened to the count since, uh, well, after the last election in Florida, he came down here to count votes because <laughs> no one else could seem to figure out how to do it. That's right. One vote for the governor. Ha, ha, ha. Hang on. He managed to get it done on time, uh, unlike most of the people down here. So we're going to have Maury tell us a little bit about the Blood Oath series of whiskeys and our first whiskey. Thank you, Bob. The Blood Oath series of whiskeys is a limited release bourbon from the folks at Lux Co. First released in 2015, a new release or pact is released each year. Each release of Blood Oath is the creation of John Rempe, head distiller at Lux Road Distillery and director of corporate research and development at Luxco. And each release is different, unique combination of whiskeys. They are sourced, but each one we'll tell you about has uh, an interesting and unique uh, combination or recipe. So the first whiskey we'll be talking about is the Blood Oath, pack number two. It's coming in at 49.3% ABV or 98.6 proof for those of you who are mathematically challenged. That's almost 100 proof. It's almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it almost is a relative term. You could say it's almost zero proof, too. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> Pack number two is a blend of three bourbons, Raging in Age, 
oh, excuse me, raging in age from seven to 11 years. The first, a seven-year rye bourbon finished in port barrels is joined by an 11-year weeded bourbon and an 11-year rye bourbon. So let's talk about the whiskey. It's got a beautiful coppery color to it. Uh, it's got a wonderful nose. There's definitely toasted oak, caramel, a little maple syrup, uh, vanilla, cocoa, tobacco, even a little dried fruit on the nose. On the palate, it's really got a wonderful mouthfeel. A uh, little sweetness, a little spicy. You definitely can bring out some uh, port barrel finish and uh, a little bit of fruit that you're getting. It's got a nice, smooth, medium finish. Um, all in all, really a, a very nice whiskey. I thought it was very well made. Um, it's interesting to see how this series evolves. Uh, it'd be fun to have had one. But I think they just continue to improve each year, as you'll see as we uh, march through the lineup. Justin, what do you think? Well, we don't have one, but we do have many. I saw the color as a light brown, but then again, <laughs> just about every spirit's light brown. Hold on, hold on. Harmeet's not here. We got a little rule back home. If it's brown, drink it down. There you go. I got uh, notes of cedar, maple syrup, and some dried fruit. Uh, on the palate, it was really sweet. I got spice on the sides of my tongue. And the sweetness is probably from port. Initially, I thought this spirit had a medium finish, um, which surprised me with the 11-year spirits. And I thought the finish would be longer. But after it's had time to get some air, it has the finish that I'd expect, and it got longer. It definitely extends with uh, time in a glass. I would agree with you. Yeah. What'd you think, Brent? Yeah, this was nice. The... Uh the and the nose, I got some, you know, I got some oak and caramel, a little bit of vanilla, some cocoa. I got apples and uh, cinnamon and pineapple, you know, with some nice fruity. Uh, and those followed through on the on the palate because on the first thing I noticed on the palate, pepper and fruit. That's kind of what it what it hit me initially was the pepper and fruit. I got the apples, the pineapple, uh, the pepper. Just a nice, nice velvety mouthfeel, um, and a beautiful finish. A nice, real. I mean, I I got the long finish right from the start. I really enjoyed this. It was nice to start off with this one. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that, yeah, good good start to a good day. Um, yeah, it's got a it's got a great nose to it. I mean, it's smells a little bit more. I mean, the oak is a little bit more youthful than I would think coming out of stuff that's, you know, seven to 11 years. But it's uh, on the palate that it really, really shines through. Mm. I mean, the pepper on it's huge, you know, front, mid palate, um, black pepper, white pepper. It's got a really good finish, um, sticks with you for a while. Um, the port. Comes through fairly nice. Uh, it's definitely improved in the glass. Though. It's not. It, it, it's evolved quite a bit. It's, how many times do we have barrel finished whiskeys that we go, this tastes like port with some whiskey in it? Yeah. You know, or you don't taste the wine influence at all. Um, you could never even tell. It, it, the, you know, the, the art is trying to get that wine barrel finish to just sort of fill in those little gaps, like the holes in the cheese. And not overpower the whiskey. I mean, some people like a sherried scotch and like it to taste more like sherry than scotch. You know, I'm not one of those. I think they did a really good job of the blending on this. I think the port really picked it up. 
you get the uh, the fruit notes on it and a little bit of raisin and the pineapple that, that, that Brent got. And I think you're getting a lot of that out of the port, but it's not by any way overpowering. I think they did a really great job on this one. So we're going to give it four sips and we'll be back. Hey, and we're back and we're discussing the Blood Oath series of uh, whiskeys. And we just finished talking about Blood Oath number two. We gave that one four sips and we're going to be going on to the next one. So we're going to have Justin tell us about that. I just wanted to mention briefly, though, I'm sorry, Justin, before you start, that this was a 2016 release. They've, as we mentioned earlier, uh, released one per year. They're all a little bit different. So it's a relatively new line. Uh, I believe the first one was released in 2015. And... Uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, a range of expressions here over the last several years. So we're talking about Blood Oath Pack number three, which is 49.3% alcohol by volume or 98.6 proof. They're all, they're all the same proof, I believe. Ah. Well, think about it. 98.6. Yeah. Yes. Blood Oath. Yeah. Body temperature. Right. Dang. I was wondering why. It's the same as I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure you're I right. Mean, it is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. So the packaging is gorgeous. I, I think they did a beautiful job. This one particular one was uh, bottled on two five of 2017. Pack three, take it away. Thanks, Maury. So pack three is a blend of three rye bourbons, a 12 year bourbon, a seven year bourbon, and another seven year bourbon, finished in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels from Swanson Vineyards in the Oakville region of Napa Valley. I thought the color was Let me guess. Uh, light brown. brown. Light brown. brown. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little rule back home. If it's brown, drink it down. That's why I've got it queued up when he's here. <laughs> I thought the nose was really subtle on this one. Um, I got vanilla, some notes of marmalade, oak on the palate. This was freaking delicious. It was creamy, and it kind of reminded me of, like, vanilla and candy dots, you know, little dots on a page that you get, you know, 20% paper and 80% cornstarch. And uh, long, enjoyable finish. This is a really well-made spirit. What would you think, Maury? I agree. I, I think when these first came out, a lot of people have thought that they were a little overpriced and overrated. I, I think they're actually underrated. I think that uh, enjoying them in sequence today has been a fantastic experience, as you'll hear over the next few releases. But uh, I thought this one was fabulous. This one was really terrific. Um, the bottle says Cabernet Sauvignon finished. Obviously, it's all pretty much finished in cab. But again, three different whiskeys blended together. I think it's a symphony. Um, I think there's a symphony going on on the palate. It's just got lots and lots of everything. I would say um, a little less tannin than the first whiskey. Um, really smooth, delicious. Uh, definitely an all-day sipper. I agree with uh, pretty much everything else you said. I, I loved it. Brett? Yeah, I'm not sure what they did for the blend of this, but I, I don't know that I would enjoy the seven-year bourbon that they that was finished in Cabernet's the, the barrels by itself. I don't believe I would enjoy that one because this one is kind of on the sweet side, you know, and it's got the caramel, the vanilla, the apricots. Uh, the it's definitely a lot of apricot. And so it's in a little, a little dark, bitter chocolate on it and stuff. But so it, to me, it's the right blend of it that they made it through. He's brought it and he's made the right blend of this. And he's brought that, 
to a level that we talk about, like where it's not overpowering on the on the palate, where the you know where the the cabernet is not overpowering. It just tells me I would not have enjoyed that that seven year cabernet by itself. I don't think. I, I bet it, I bet you they did the port and then used the cabernet to to shut the um, shut the sweet down, bring it to the right level, which is why it's so balanced. But then again, I don't enjoy the French horn by itself either. The symphony sounds great, but you know, any one of the instruments on its own may be just kind of, eh. Yeah. It's nice, though. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the first one better than this one. Yeah, I know you guys enjoyed this one better than the first one, you know, but um, it, it is a nice balance. I love how he just, how he's able to take three unique, three unique uh, barrels and blend them together to create something uh you know this it's very different than the, than anything you're going to find on the shelf anywhere else yeah no i agree i think it's not only delicious and well made but it's it's pretty unique uh it's hard to confuse it with something else yeah if you ever do get one of the bottles just take and read that the the blood oath attests on the uh, side it's a nice little read <laughs> what'd you think bob um i loved it you know different completely different from the first um Oddly enough, much sweeter than the one that was port finished. But again, that, you know, a port is going to be a sweeter wine, but how much of the port finished wine went into the first blend versus this cab finish went into the second? Um, you know, you definitely pick up the wine notes from the barrel. It's got a really nice mouthfeel to it. Mm. Very creamy, very mouth coating. Um, got a pretty good finish to it i think the first one had a little bit better finish but this one's got a little bit more upfront mouthfeel to it overall really nice uh, uh, again a really nice one so we're going to be rating the blood oath pack number three four sips that's classified so moving on up the counting chain we're gonna have brent tell us about the next one can you guess which number this is well if i'm uh, uh, wait a minute let me get out my toes one yep. two Blood Oath. Could it be I, number four? I'd use both feet. So Blood Oath pack number four. 49.3% ABV, 98.6 proof. It's uh, very unique that he did all of those at the same. That's, uh, you know, just uh, unique in itself. But the, the release is a, a blend of three bourbons, a 12-year-old bourbon, a 10-year-old bourbon, and a nine-year bourbon that they finished in a toasted barrel to add an extra layer of flavor. The gentle heating in the barrel toasting adds more caramel and chocolate accents, as well as a spicier flavor. Um, uh, you know, on the the color on it, this is a nice, nice copper, copper burnt color. Um, you know, beautiful. Uh, get on the nose, very classic bourbon nose to this. Uh, you know, this is your your caramel, your oak, your vanillas, um, but you get a little bit of chocolate to it. Just a beautiful nose. Uh, on the palate, you get that caramel and honey. You get a nice spice to it. Um, just a beautiful mouthfeel. You get that vanilla. And this is like this warm chocolate, just kind of just like coats the back of your coats the back of your mouth. And uh, nice lingering finish. Just beautiful. I mean, this is my favorite so far. I really enjoyed this. This, uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know. For me, it's like picking your favorite child. I mean, well, yeah, they're all different, but this one was wonderful. But I wouldn't say that I, I, think I loved I like it any this more one, than the others. I think I like this one more because it didn't have that that the uh, the wine finish 
or in it you know that there wasn't that sweetness wasn't to it. as sweet yeah, yeah you I, like your I, bourbon a little less sweet i thought this was delicious for what it was the other one was a little more desserty this one's a little more all day um savory almost this is one sit by the fire pour yourself this and light up a cigar and just enjoy I let's keep this a secret pour me another <laughs> yeah you know this is uh this is nice justin i really enjoyed this one too um the nose was kind of subtle on this one and i definitely got the classic vanilla notes like brent did i found that this was delicious and uh creamy and I got like a little bit of a coffee hit on it. It kind of tasted like a kick butt latte on the palate. And the finish was not really long, but it didn't really need one. You kind of keep wanting to go back to this one. What'd you think, Bob? It's the most words we've got out of him in a while. Yeah. It was My the fire ants he was sitting on. Torrent. With hey, everybody's got their kink. Cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. I find it yeah, interesting that every one of these little sample bottles is a different shape, material, size. <laughs> Everything's different. <laughs> uh, that's because they come out once a year. So, you know. They use what they got. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this one's lovely. Uh, it's got a great... Got a great... On the nose, it's... Uh, a lot of dark chocolate and uh, almost sort of a pastry on the tip of the nose. Some nice caramel and some nice oak. Mm. And on the palate, you get a, a good bit of the caramel, like a like a dark, like a manuka honey. Um, manuka. Warm, like hot chocolate, like a very thick, rich hot chocolate. Um and then it's got a little bit of white pepper spice to it on the tip of the tongue. Overall, yeah, a great, a great effort. A really great effort. We're going to be rating the uh, Blood Oath Pack number four. Four sips. That's classified. So moving on to the next one. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. All right. We're going to go to uh, the Blood Oath Pack number five. Well, thanks. It's been nice hearing from you, Bobby Joe. Can you can you guess? Can you guess? Can you guess what the what the proof is? Can you guess? <laughs> I, can uh, guess? I can guess. Let me tell me temperature. Hold on. Um, ninety-eight point nine. No, I'm an attorney. It's uh, thirty-eight point six. Um, so again, ninety-eight point six proof, forty-nine point three. I guess this is their standard they're sticking with. Uh, pack number five starts with an eight-year-old rye bourbon uh, rested in used dark Caribbean rum barrels for six months. That a bit of a, a little bit of spice to it. Uh, the, the first bourbon was then finished with an 11-year-old weeded bourbon and a 13-year-old rye bourbon. So, on the nose, get a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of brown sugar, which most likely is what you're getting from that rum barrel finish. It's got a really nice sort of dark bronze color to it. Mm. Brown. And on the palate, hmm. I got like a dark stewed fruit note, uh, brown sugar. Get a little bit of uh, citrus, a little bit of orange in it. Um, and definitely some um, uh, like a dark chocolate, dark cocoa on the finish. Um, lovely. 
lovely, much, much more, much darker, not color, but just sort of in flavor profile than the first three. And got a really nice mouthfeel to it. I agree. I think it's uh, a really beautiful whiskey. I'm not always a huge fan of the cognac finish. It sounds exotic, but when you get down to it, the cognac rum. doesn't always ask. Rum. Yeah. Not cognac, rum. Okay, rum. Sorry. <laughs> He's looking at me like I'm nuts. Yeah, rum. Cognac's coming. You're not yeah. there yet. Slow uh, down. Sorry. Uh, this is just wonderful. I just, I agree with you. It's darker in every every yeah. aspect of the word dark. Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's dark. I mean, it's the only way I can describe it. I'm not that good. You know, I'm not that wordy. Um, but again, extremely well made. It definitely, you know, that extra age, that 13 year bourbon in it seems to give it that little bit of more of a push toward toward the dark side as well. But it's not sweet. You'd no. expect it to be sweet in Caribbean no, dark rum, but no, no it's a- again, not how much did they use in the blend? That's yeah. you know, that's the thing. Well, it's a five yeah, it's a five year bourbon. well, eight year with the with the rum. But yeah, eight year and six months. Yeah, in the rum cast. So but how much of that did did that go into the final blend? Right. You don't know the don't know yeah. the percentage, but yeah. He's doing a great job with the blending. I mean, yeah. it's mm-hmm. you know you have to you know there's some screw it up, but he got it right. Right, well, it's easy to it's easy to overpower. Like we said before, it's you can you can take something and and make it taste like rum instead of whiskey. You can make something and takes taste like port instead of whiskey or cabernet sauvignon. The the you know the scale is I got this bottle. It, it tastes holes. like cinnamon. It's called Fireball. It tastes exactly. like cinnamon. Yeah. Doesn't really lay next to whiskey the scale is is <laughs> blending it and using that influence to you know to fill in the gaps in the holes so i think that's an excellent uh, analogy and concept bob i think you're exactly right using it to fill in the holes in the cheese as opposed to create the master profile yeah um so that's that's pretty cool well again it's it's <sighs> Some folks are are good at blending. Some folks are less good at blending. Um, I'm good some, at drinking. You're good at drinking. Yes, you are. Not not so good at wearing pants, unfortunately. <laughs> you have your beer. You have your beer goggles on today, yeah. Brent. You know. So, but you know, there's again, and it's and and cast finishing happens in all over the world, and all kinds of different whiskeys and other spirits, and a lot again, a lot of people, and we've we've reviewed hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of of whiskeys and and liqueurs on this show. And quite a few of them have had a cast finish to them, and a lot of them, you know, I've had I've had scotches that honestly I could hardly taste the scotch. It tasted like a glass of sherry, whether it's Manzanilla or an Oloroso or PX or what have you. But it tasted more like I hey who who put but a, in fairness there are people a drop that, of that in that's there. what they want. But I agree exactly. with you. Oh, if exactly. you want scotch, yeah, yeah exactly. You want scotch, but that's easy to do. That's easy to blend it and make it taste more like the barrel that you put it in as opposed to the whiskey. Look That's at the easy. flavored whiskey market. You yeah. can make whiskey yeah. taste like but honey, the opposite. cinnamon. Yeah. Well, taking the finishing and using really the like nuances in spirits. that finish yeah. to lift up the whiskey as opposed to mask the whiskey. Agree. Right? That's much more difficult to do. 100%. You know, I could probably, you know, cast finish something in a sherry cask or a rum cask. You know, I mean, pour it in and keep tasting it till, ah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's a lot easier. Doing the finesse, that's a lot harder. So I think they've done. I think they've done a good job at it. But what do you think about it, Justin? So on the nose, I kind of got um, faint 
brown sugar and rum cake, along with the traditional whiskey characteristics. And I thought the finish was short, but really pleasant. And I like this spirit a lot. What do you think, Maury? Again, I think it's a beautiful whiskey. I've kind of interjected a bunch of comments along the way. I think I love the brown sugar, the hints of rum. And again, it's done with finesse. With It's definitely not overpowering. Uh, there's definitely some dark chocolate, the orange zest. Um, I just think it's a beautifully made whiskey. Again, different from all the others. You can definitely see the lineage, yet it stands on its own as uh, as a great uh, a great offering. Now, where I pick the rum up mostly, take a good sip, hold it for a second, and then exhale very slowly, just very slow exhale. That's where I'm picking up the rum. Yeah, because I barely barely noticed the the rum influence in this one, and I think that's what you like is you don't it's not overpowering, and that's what makes it as enjoyable as it is you don't have that man i don't want to drink a rum i want to drink a i want to drink a whiskey i want to drink a bourbon i want to drink i don't want to drink a rum and they've done that well i've never heard him say i don't want to drink rum in fact i've heard him say the exact opposite on many an occasion usually when he walks in it's you know it's it's like that you know song yeah i'll have a cider drink i'll have a lager drink i'll have a whiskey drink i'll have a rum drink what have you got pour it in a bucket well, he'd <laughs> prefer not to drink it, just IV. Yeah, well, that's why you're uh, He yeah. likes the taste. As it rushes past his gullet, he likes it. At lightning speed. <laughs> He's a seasoned professional. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, he's jealous. wrong with that. Don't be a hater. Oh, he's right. something all right. Yeah, he's definitely something all right. All right, well, we're going to be rating the Blood Oath pack number five, four sips. That's classified. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you ready? Cognac man, you ready now? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready for the cognac. Sorry, I there got a little are. anxious. This is this is Maury talking about uh, the current year's release. So take it away. So Blood Oath, pack number six. It is the current release for 2020. Uh, Rempe chose a 14-year rye bourbon and blended it with an eight-year rye bourbon and a seven-year rye bourbon. That was rested in X cognac casks. I love a good cognac. Yeah. So again, it's got a beautiful. I would argue it's more mahogany than brown. But hold uh, on, hold on. Wait, brown. We got a little rule back home. If it's brown, drink it down. Maury, mm-hmm. that's trademark, dude. Yeah. Expect expect be served. Yeah, expect to be served. <laughs> a cease and desist letter shall be arriving on your doorstep <laughs> any day right now, sir. Well said, counselor. So, <laughs> again, on the nose, um, really, lo- really interesting nose. Get cocoa, uh, some almonds. Uh, this this fruity, hoppy smell is just really interesting. On the palate, uh, beautiful, rich mouthfeel. And uh, we'll be back to talk about some more. Hey, and we're back. And Maury's telling us all about the Blood Oath Pack Number 6, the new release from the folks at Lexco. Thank you, Bob. And uh, so to pick up where we left off again, uh, beautiful whiskey. Um, I think the uh, the nose has uh, all kinds of interesting stuff going on, including the cocoa and the fruity hops. The palate 
really rich, luscious mouth coating. Uh, milk chocolate truffles comes to mind. There's definitely oak, and there's definitely a lot of espresso. This is like a little coffee bomb, mm. and uh, I love coffee and espresso, and I thought this was fantastic. Again, a little bit of hops on the nose. It's got a medium finish, um, beautiful whiskey, no better, no worse than the previous ones, just, just different, but lovely and really enjoyable. What do you think, Brent? Yeah, this one is very fruity. You got fruity and the sweet on the nose. It's, I didn't uh, get all that much fruit, but I respect yeah, you for a, and the honey. I got nuts. I got powdered cocoa. The uh, on the palate, I got a nice, uh, nice cocoa, chocolatey. Uh, you know, with some wood, some caramel, um, and then I get a. And then at the end, I get some bitterness of coffee, and I'm not a coffee drinker. And then I, you know, and I get the of course the brandy, a little bit of brandy on there as well. It's it's nice. It's just a nice uh, nice blend. You know, you wonder you, you just wonder when you when comes up and he says, well, "What am I going to blend next time? What is it I'm going to blend? What is it I'm going to sit down and and uh, and put together to make something different again? What shall I do? What shall I put together?" And you wonder what you know. It's it takes it's got to take some time for him to think about that about what he's going to do to to make it really work. Because anybody can just take, but you know, we don't know where, where any of these uh, any of these bourbons are being sourced from or anything like that. So, um, you know, how good were they? What were they like before the hand? And it's just I'm kind of like to just. I'm not going to worry about what they were like before because there's no way no, I'm going to know. I'm just no, going to worry I mean, about what's in my glass. Yeah, you know, you just got to go around to a lot of different places, check out a lot of different bourbons from a lot of different distilleries. Uh, Boy, that's this. That sucks. <laughs> Wish we could do that right now. Jeez. I feel so <laughs> right bad the for these guys. Yeah. Sorry, John. You have to actually. Huh. Damn. Mm. You poor. Uh, well, you know, if you need help, you know, let us know. We're helpful. Yeah. But I mean, you can yeah. see it. a lot of times somebody can do that at one distillery and they can take what they have and they can blend it together. But here you're taking it from other from various distilleries. And so it's got to be it's a little bit more of a of a chore if you want to say chore or task well, to do that blending is a very specific skill yeah you know it's, it's he's done very well with it yeah absolutely very specific skill so um i i really like this one i think it's gotten it was good when we opened it but i think it's gotten remarkably better now it's got some air the nose is really really opened up and i smell it's just it's cocoa and coffee, and I really get a, a dry cocoa. I really get that dry cocoa on this one. It's almost like a, it's like baklava. Mm. It's that almondy yeah. sweetness, pastry. Yeah, on the nose for yeah. sure. Yes, it's like the ate pastizio. Just, yeah, and had just nutty after. and honey and pastry all wrapped. God, I wish I had some baklava right yeah. now. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Well, you don't have baklava, but you've got uh, Blood yeah. Oath Pack 6. Yeah, I don't have that, but uh, in the palate, hold on. Mm. Just like baklava. Milk chocolate and espresso. Uh, just espresso, espresso. It's uh, it's not quite as uh, like uh, like when Morgie Signet is like drinking coffee with 
half coffee and half amazingly great scotch. Um, this, the coffee notes are turned down a little bit, but it is, it is, if, I mean, we're here in South Florida. This is, again, this is like going to the local cafeteria and then ordering a shot of Cuban coffee. I mean, it's, it's lovely. Um, a little bit of hoppiness on the back of the tongue. Um, yeah, really well made. What do you think, Justin? Well, I'm wondering if this blender sourced all the materials back in 2014 before the 2015 release came out and envisioned all of these as a flight. Uh, man, I know we rolled them out one year after another, but they have like enough similarity and enough difference that really make a good flight. We don't have the benefit of number one, but two through six, it, it feels like it was planned beautifully. On the note, I agree. I think you're, I think you may be right. Uh, whether or not he, when he sourced them, but I think he had a vision to create a flight and an evolution. And I think yeah. it makes for a really cool flight. Yeah. And, and I got cocoa on this one, almonds, and I got um, some lucky charms on the nose. And magically it, delicious. It was. And it followed through on the palate with like uh, milk chocolate and oak with um, coffee. It reminds me of a breakfast or dessert drink. I can't really decide which one. Now, this is the whole set. The first five are the, what, the set that came out in that box, right? No. You're thinking of the uh, um, Orphan Barrel ones. Yeah. Orphan Barrel, yeah. yeah. And that's all oh, rhetoric. A, well, that's another series that we were very fortunate that the kind folks of Diageo sent us that uh, when they were doing the rhetoric, the 20, uh, yeah. 21, 22 rhetoric, and they released it like every eight or 12 months yeah. over a course of, I think it was six or seven years. And they sent us that lovely kit with each release. Right. And that was interesting as heck because, I mean, you're theoretically taking the same juice and just watching it as it changes from year to year. They weren't blending with different whiskeys to make a different profile. They're taking a batch, and you're seeing how it's rotating between the years. So I, I, I love doing stuff in a series like this. But, I mean, extremely well done. So we're going to be giving the uh, number six, four sips. So uh, in keeping with uh, our Luxco so far, we're going to be moving on to our last whiskey from them. We're going to have Brent tell us about that one. Thanks, Bob. This is, we're going to be uh, tasting a Rebel Yell single barrel, 10-year-old bourbon, 50% ABV, 100 proof. Something different for a change, mm -hmm. you know? This is a 10-year-old weeded single barrel bourbon. Uh, it's a nice, nice copper color, not brown at all. <laughs> There's no brown in it whatsoever. It's a beautiful copper penny color. We got uh, on the nose, get some oranges. Tobacco, vanilla, a little bit of caramel. It's a beautiful, typical weeded bourbon nose. Amped up a little bit, though. Just amped up a little bit. And on the palate, I get some white pepper. It's uh, this is everything is very front forward on the palate for this one, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting more of a creamier mouthfeel, and I didn't quite get that. But everything else, I got the vanillas, I got the caramels, I got. Everything else, I got the amped up, but it was very front forward on the palate. Um, so it left me with the finish was a little bit short than I would have expected. Still, a very lovely bourbon. Just, I was just 
from from years before, I'd expecting more, and this one just kind of like mm, left me right on the edge there, just hanging, just like wanting a little bit more, just wanting something else to bring it bring it home and finish it. You always want more. <laughs> What'd you think, Maury? <laughs> I liked it quite a bit. I'm trying to decide whether I agree or disagree with Brent. Um, I think it's a wonderful bourbon. Um, I think it's beautiful. I think, you know, on the heels of what we've come off of, it's easy to be a little bit critical, but on its own merit, especially when right out of the bottle, it was really nice and ready to go. It oh, has not evolved as much. The others were a little bit slow to evolve coming out of the bottle, requiring a little bit of air. Um, I think this is a classic whiskey. It's beautiful. It's well-made, uh, nice proof. Great mouthfeel. I get a little hint of cherry on it, which I thought was kind of a fun surprise. I liked it. Justin? Well, Maury, it's a rebel yell, and she wanted more, more, more. more. Yeah. I got cow- powdered cocoa on this you one. You just ruined my entire childhood. You just completely <laughs> ruined the 80s. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Way to go. It's a nice white-haired wiggy he's got, though. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the leather vest sells it. So after the cocoa, I got like a little bit of wave of salt and then bitterness at the end. But it was really well balanced and dry. And she really did want a lot more and more and more. What do you think, Bob? Uh, Are you threatening me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really nice, a really nice Rebel Yo. I mean, weeded whiskeys for me generally need to be a little bit older. Um, I think weeded whiskeys need that extra time in the barrel to really develop. I mean, you get a, a ride bourbon at a you know at versus a, a weeded bourbon at a similar age. The ride to me, always, the ride bourbon always seems to be a little bit further ahead in maturity um, at an equal age. But I think they did a good job with this one. Oh, they did a great job. I just, I, this whole, the only thing that I didn't like about this was just too front forward on the palate. I just wanted it to, to, to bring it on home to the back of the palate. See, I like that. You get everything up front. You don't have to wait. It's immediate gratification. You yeah. got it up front. You just were in heaven. I just wanted the whole package. I mean, it's got, it's got front. a really nice mouthfeel to it. It's got, it's got a, it, it coats the tongue very well. It does drop off on the back palate a little bit, but I mean, literally the front, the sides and the middle are all covered. So, you know, it's hard to completely fill a palate. Right. I understand. No, no, everything. This is, so, right. I'm not trying to say it's bad yeah, in any way, shape or no, form because no. it's not. It's, no, but I think, I mean, it's, 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 it, it hits, it ticks all the boxes for a weeded bourbon. I think they did a really uh, superior job of this. Um I think they've done a good job with Rebel Yell in general, trying to bring that brand back. I mean, they've got a lot of different products that I think they bottle under the Rebel Yell name, some some flavored things, which, you know, we're not flavored whiskey, guys. Um, but uh, I think they've they've done a, a good job of, of bringing the Rebel Yell, you know, back to the forefront. And I think this is a really good step in the right direction. And I hope they continue doing this. And I hope they start doing some more, under the rebel yell banner and try to you know bring some more uh higher end products you know some limited editions out with that but i mean really well done um and it's and very reasonably priced too when you yeah when you oh find yeah it. yes that's the other thing you know we don't always like to talk about price and stuff but, yeah you know for the price of this for for the quality 
Well, it's you know what? Very, there, are, there are some distilleries out there that are just that way. You know, them and, you know, Lexco and Heaven Hill yeah. are the two that I think, you know, are really great values for the money, always have been. Um, I mean, I'm guessing this was probably sourced from Heaven Hill, I'm guessing, um, since it's right. a weeded product. Uh, but, um, you know, that uh, old Edgar 7 that we did uh, about a year, year and a half ago, I mean, Everyone here absolutely lost their minds, loved it for the money. That was a stunning bottle of whiskey. If I had better, absolutely. If I had better for that money, damn few. And that's the one thing I can say about the folks over at Lexco and Lexro for the money. They, they, you know, for the money, you can't beat them for a pour. Um, You know, they, they always, they always satisfy for the dollar. So it's, uh, it's a great whiskey and we're going to be giving this uh, four sips. That's classified. So we're going to be moving on to our last whiskey of the day. And this is from the folks at Heaven's Door. Um, If you've listened to our show before, we've done some whiskeys from Heaven's Door. That's the new new whiskey out that is uh, owned in part by the uh, great Bob Dylan. uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you don't know who Bob Dylan is, get out of my damn house. Um... But this is the inaugural release of Heaven's Door Bootleg. It's a 26-year-old low-rye mash bill whiskey that's been aged in ex-bourbon barrels. So it's technically not a bourbon because it's been in used barrels, so it's a whiskey. But then it was finished in Japanese Mizunara oak casks. And Mizunara oak is one of the rarest woods out there for whiskey casks. The trees must be a minimum of 200 years old before harvesting. Um, we've done quite a lot of, uh, Japanese spirits on this show over the last, uh, seven or eight seasons. Um, we've done quite a few that have a Mizunara oak finish. It is an extremely rare wood. Um, I believe that where the trees are all located, I believe that's in one place and it's owned by the emperor. So, (laughs) so it's not like you just go in and start whacking these things down. Um, and it imparts a very, very distinctive character to the whiskey. So let's give this one a try. Let's see. Oh, my God. Right off the bat, the nose is just absolutely stunning. It's just... I can nose this all day. Oh, vanilla and ripe ripe red fruit. It's got a floral, almost a rose nose to it. Yeah, it's like a bouquet of roses. And and then that sandalwood nose that you get. Um, it's just so typical of any whiskey that's been finished in a Mizunaro cask. Yeah, I could nose this for a month. Mm. And on the palate, coconut, sandalwood, floral notes, just stunning. What do you guys think? Well, I think this nose really reminded me of a Japanese cherry blossom tree hmm. that I smelled at uh, more Kami Gardens in Palm Beach County in case you can't make it to Japan because I certainly haven't. And there was really great notes on the palate. It was complex sandalwood, coconut, clove, vanilla. And we'll talk more about it after the break. There is no break. <laughs> this, is the end. this is this is the end, and uh, it's just, the break this, in my this, mental state. It's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, whiskey. 
That's yeah. all there is to say. Really about unique. That. One of the most unique we've had yeah. in a long time. Yeah. Uh, the Mizanar Oak is, if you've ever had it, it's really something special. Yeah, this one's stunning. Five sips, top marks oh, yeah. all around. Yeah. If you can find a bottle yeah. of this, yeah. buy it. Absolutely buy it. Yeah, I don't know where you're going to find it. But I agree. Yeah, it's going to be rare. It's going to be expensive, but uh, buy it. It's probably so. at a Google near you. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio, and online at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, Radio.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Uh, the easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, or Google to play podcasts, Sips, Us, and Smokes. Love your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at sipsudsmokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And you can also interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. You can also check us out on Instagram at sipsudsandsmokes or at mainbandbop. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. It's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Want to thank my co host. Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. It was really a delight to be here today. And thank you, Brent. Always a pleasure in the basement. <laughs> thank you, Justin. This was a terrific reason to get out of my house. Thank you. Yeah, you think? It's it's worth it's worth risking COVID for this, oh, this yeah. heaven's door. It's not 120 oh proof to save us, but I mean, it's close enough. We've right? had six amazing whiskeys, really great whiskeys, but this one is just... Is seven, yeah, seven great... Seven. Holy cow. Yeah, this one just took it over the top. Yeah. I'm going to have to try and find one of these <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going to be the challenge, trying to find one. Well, for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Madman Bob, and we thank you for joining us. Remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey. been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time